Jamie and I'm Nikisha and this is Talking Horror with Jamie and Nikisha and we are here to share our love for spooky things and talk horror through the lens of human behavior. Welcome guys. Welcome. So I'm so excited about today because we are talking about the 1992 supernatural horror film Candyman. You don't believe all that nonsense anyway, do you? I don't. You? No. All right. Candyman, 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 Candyman. Candyman. Oh, you chicken! <laughs> You have to do it five times. Come on, go. I'm sorry. Yes, no, I better say sorry. Spooky. Yay. Spooky, supernatural things, all of the sounds and ghosts and goblins. So <laughs> it was uh, written by Bernard Rose, and it stars the beautiful, the infamous Tony Todd, uh, Virginia Madsen, Vanessa Estelle Williams, not the other Vanessa Williams, uh, (laughs) but the actress, Vanessa Williams, uh, Xander Berkeley, and if you didn't know, Bernard Rose himself has a little guest starring role in the movie. Did you guys, Mm. do you guys know who he was, who he played? I really hope it's not the obnoxious guy at the restaurant. Is it really? It absolutely was. (gasps) Oh, no. (laughs) No. Yes. (laughs) That that is is so. Writer and director. That is so That part is so cringy. Yes. That's so hysterical. Is it meta or is it not meta that he, the white man director of this movie, made himself kind of the mansplainer? Like, like. Woof. Absolutely disgusting. Speaking but, of mansplainers, uh, hi, know. Brian, producer. Oh. <laughs> all right, all right. All right. Let me mansplain Always to you. Always here with a nice word. Yeah, let me let me mansplain to you how he made himself a mansplainer in the movie. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. It's totally. good times. Yeah. <laughs> um, but also a little bit of tidbit movie info. Uh, if you didn't know, the movie was based on a short story by another English playwright Clive Barker and the short story is uh called The Forbidden. I haven't read it. I don't know exactly how it all correlates together. So fun fact, now that we're just talking about this stuff like we're going right into mm-hmm. it. Um so uh, the original story is I think believe it's set in Liverpool and it it part of its themes are like the class system, but when they adapted it Ooh. for Candyman, um they decided to use Chicago because Chicago maybe at the time or or maybe that's just where um they felt like it needed to be the the socioeconomic differences in Chicago really presented themselves more than any other ones. So they decided to put it there. Um, 
Um, and that's why they use Caprini Green and Chicago and all of that. Um, also, mm-hmm. Bernard Rose's wife at the time was going to play Helen, and Virginia Madsen mm-hmm. was going to play the best friend character. But then when they decided to make the best friend character a black woman, um, uh, uh, Virginia Madsen lost her job. But then his, Bernard Rose's wife, who was playing Helen, got pregnant. And so Virginia Madsen wow. took over for her as Helen. However, if Virginia Madsen was not available to play Helen, they were really highly considering um, uh, Sandra Bullock. No. <laughs> yeah. I just and, can't. I'm trying to think of what that movie would be. Uh, and then Tony Todd, the original, the original, they originally wanted Eddie Murphy, but he was too way too expensive at that time. So Tony <laughs> Todd was that. But wait a minute, <laughs> okay. So this Eddie is Wikipedia. Murphy. This is what Wikipedia told me. I, I mean, but can you imagine Sandra Bullock and Eddie Murphy? It would literally be like a completely Black different, a totally different movie. Yeah. Like, um, can't imagine. <laughs> some other fun facts before we, we like get into it is um, mm-hmm. Bernard Rose uh, hypnotized Virginia Madsen before all of her Candyman scenes. Uh, so she would do like 10 minutes of hypnotism with him and then they would start filming so that she like, like just to, to show the trance that he has over people. Um, so that's wild. Wow. Also, Virginia Madsen so is apparently very allergic to bees. So <laughs> whenever she was in a scene with bees, they had to use like baby bees or or that don't have stingers. So they would, you know, destingify some bees or something like that. And then Tony Todd in probably his contract. Them. No, probably kills them, right? Yeah. Right. And then Tony Todd, I think something where the fact like he negotiated um, every time he got stung by a bee, he'd make a thousand extra dollars and he got stung like 23 times, um, <laughs> something like that. And that's uh, incredible. That's how you cheat the, the system right there. Yeah. Well, like you were talking about on our um, on the dog tooth episode, like make sure you look at that contract and think about anything that you could put in there. Yes, absolutely. That's <laughs> um, genius. And- and then the last one I'll say is that um, Tony Todd actually had a mouthpiece in his mouth um, so they could put the bees in there, and it took it like a two. Mm. It took him. Uh, it took a half hour to put the bees in there, and uh, um, yeah, they were very committed to that. So um, that that's mansplaining trivia time. I mean, we love it, producer Brian. Yes, <laughs> but that but it's so crazy because you had the foresight to say all of that because I literally had that as one of the questions of how in the hell did they do that bee scene because. It does not look like 1990s CGI. Like that looks like the real fucking Those are bees. bees. Those are bees. Yeah. Like, Those are unlike the bees. bees. <laughs> unlike the bees at the beginning, where it's clearly like a green screen of like bees in front of Chicago, like flying. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that I don't under. Oh well, we're kind of failing at this. But spoiler alert: if you haven't yes. seen Candyman, um, oh yeah, you know you, you you know it has something to do with bees. Uh, different from the Wicker Man bees, but um, you know just just putting that out there. Uh, if you haven't watched this, you should watch it before listening to this episode. Trigger, trigger, uh, trigger warning, uh, bees, lots of bees. <laughs> lots of bees. Oh my gosh. Do y'all play cards against humanity at all? I in in the past. Yeah. Is there a okay. bee card? There is a bee card and it literally just has bees with a question. Mark. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I think about when I think card. of the first, the, the opening with the bees in the background of right. Chicago, just bees. <laughs> like this is what it, this is going to be about. And it's not bee movie, but it's mm. just bees. 
Mm. <laughs> like, okay, got it. Uh, so yeah, now that we're into it, have you guys seen the movie before? Is this your first time? I don't think it's anybody's first time watching it. No, no um, I'd seen it before. I- I'm trying to remember when I had seen it first, but I don't have like a very strong, I definitely didn't watch this movie like growing up. It was definitely a movie I saw when I was older, probably like in college or post-college for the first time. Cause it doesn't mm-hmm. have that, like, you know, childlike fear that has been instilled in me when I see this movie. Um, but, yes. but yeah, but I've definitely, I've seen it a few times now and there's always been parts that like kind of confuse me. So I'm hoping that we can, uh, learn from each other while unpacking <laughs> some of it today. No, absolutely. You. I definitely have a lot of questions. So I, always knew about this movie but I never watched it until quarantine because at some point mm. in early quarantine it was on Netflix or it was streaming mm-hmm. on like Netflix or Hulu so one of those. that's where I first watched it as well oh uh, right same I definitely watched it early quarantine and I was super mm-hmm. stoked because I never saw it but <clears throat> I've seen many a documentary many a watch mojo on YouTube that has talked about the movie and oh interesting like spoilers about it there's mm-hmm. actually an incredible documentary called horror noir the history of black horror movies um, mm. that is on Amazon and I think it might it was streaming on shutter at one point but I watched it on Amazon and it literally talks about right from uh, Night of the Living Dead with like the first kind of lead black male horror, but it goes into like when this movie came out and kind of the shift because we were com- we were shifting from the black exploitation of mm-hmm. like all of the Blackula and Blackenstein and like all of the, you know, black people being pimps and black women mm-hmm. being whores and all mm-hmm. that shit, you know. And then you get to this movie where, yes, there's some questionable things <laughs> that are being done <laughs> and said that we will <laughs> discuss. But it was the first time where you're seeing like this horror lead that is like this educated, he comes from education, he comes mm-hmm. from wealth mm-hmm. and feel like wreaking havoc on, you know, all the people. So yeah, if you haven't watched it, it's a horror noir history of black um, horror movies. And uh, Jordan Peele has a lot to say on there. And of course they get mm-hmm. to like get out in the nineties trope of the black person being the first one to die and mm-hmm. all that stuff. But it's really good. So in watching that, I saw a lot of clips from Candyman because Tony Todd speaks on there too, about like, Oh, sure, sure. experience. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's just, can we just give it up for him? Like, some sirens for him because beautiful tall black when he enters in for the first time with that deep voice Mm -hmm. and gives you a look and she's like hearing his voice in her mind Mm -hmm. I was like wow this is the sexiest thing I have ever seen in a horror movie and I know he's gonna kill everybody but with a build-up too like it's it's like it's a while into the movie before you actually see him but like his he has he carries such a presence like uh, just with his voice every time you hear him and then Mm -hmm. and then you finally get him in the parking garage but like I think we're like 45 minutes into the movie at that point when he shows up Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh no! So I was reading. I'm going to mansplain again. Um, I was reading that. Um, so a lot of Clive was named Clive Barker. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. 
a lot of his work it takes juxtapositions against each other or like the the opposite so like heaven and hell uh like pleasure and pain and stuff like that and it's been written about this that this movie is like part of it is like incredibly sexy and i think that like i i would say like nine for me at least 90 percent of the sex appeal of this movie was like not like virginia madsen in that like weird people would automatically go to the scene where like right. she, she's like taking her bra off with the blood and like you know like that <laughs> At stuff the but, like station yeah but like <laughs> Tony Todd is a hunk in this. He's so sexy. Like his yes. backstory is about like love and sexuality. His face is so beautiful. His voice is, I mean, he's a sexy guy. What can I like? I was, I was all in on Candyman. And then he got those bees and I'm yes. just like too much. Not sexy. I mean, I don't know. Right. And that's where you stop. It's like, it's not the hook for a hand and the slaughtering of people. It's the bees. And then you're like, oh, the bees? because no. you see the passion in his <laughs> eyes when he's slaughtering mm-hmm. people. Like, I understand that, but the bees... He's, like, grunting and, like, making these, like, sounds. Because then at the end, well, I guess we'll get to that. But there is there is yeah. a lot of, like, grunty, like, moany sounds anytime there's murders happening, um, which is interesting, too. I think, yeah. like, you brought up the pleasure pain thing, and I think that's, like, part of it. It definitely ties in well how, how it was uh, directed. But speaking on that, Jamie, do you want to give just a, just we're already into it, a basic yeah. plot <laughs> What are we talking about? Um, <laughs> sure, I will do my best. Uh, shout out to yes. Wikipedia for, you know, helping, helping me out. What's the plot? <laughs> The movie stars um, Helen, who is a grad student who is working on her thesis with her with her friend. I think like they're working on it together. So it's like her and Bernadette, who's her her bestie. And they're they're working on a thesis on urban legends, which like what a great what a great like topic to get into. I'm all in. Absolutely. Um, so in doing their research, they learn about the Candyman. This this particular urban legend is tied to this housing project, Cabrini Green. And so they they start to do more research specifically into Candyman. They go to the housing project to Cabrini Green to interview the neighbor of somebody who was allegedly murdered by the Candyman, Annie, Anna Marie. And she's raising her son, Anthony, which like this is exciting for the sequel. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it just made me think of the the TikTok oh of the person, which like I absolutely am going to talk about. But anyway, yes. I'm getting really sidetracked. <laughs> so then they they learn more about the urban legend from who I did not know the director, which is such a bummer because like. I hate that guy in this movie. Yep. And they talk about like the real life Candyman was the son of a slave and became an artist. He um, he would like paint other wealthy people. And then after like painting, I don't know how this happened, but anyway, he ends up with the daughter of one of the other like families and they become lovers and she gets pregnant. And then um, the wealthy father ends up like very horribly murdering the candy man it involves bees it involves honey mm-hmm. um they cut off his arm um it's just like all really violent oh and then they burn his corpse on a pyre and they scatter his ashes across the land that becomes cabrini green later on in helen's research she gets attacked by somebody who's calling himself the candy man he ends up getting arrested but then she encounters the real candy man very sexy. She passes out because she's under his spell and she wakes up in Annie Marie's apartment, apparently murdered that poor dog. Um, Oh yeah. Trigger warning. 
dog murder. And then she's arrested by the police. Uh, She's very confused about what's happening to her. It seems like she's being set up by the candy man, which is a bummer because he's so handsome. And then (laughs) um, (laughs) she's, she's released from jail. She goes home. Um, Bernadette's coming to visit her, but so does the candy man and the candy man brutally murders her bestie. Then Helen is admitted into the hospital and she is kind of like not really sure what's reality or not once again the candy man shows up um she escapes from the hospital she goes home we didn't even talk about her husband but she's married to a professor Mm. at the school that she's Mm -hmm. doing her phd and throughout the movie it's like alluded to he's having an affair and then she finally is confronted with it um when she comes home and sees this like young student in their home this is very long-winded i'm so sorry i'm just like really into like the storytelling of it it's Um, a great story (laughs) Oh, also all this time, Annie Marie's kid is missing, Anthony. Um, (laughs) And she finds him when she goes back. She goes back to Cabrini Green. She willingly submits herself to the Candyman to be his victim. And then Mm -hmm. she finds baby Anthony in this bonfire that's being built. Uh, Shout out to the pyre that was happening in the past. Um, And then she saves baby Anthony and then she burns to death in this like really insane scene that happens at the end. She has become the victim. And then at the very end, Helen's husband, you know, he's so forlorn and and grieving the loss of his wife. And he looks in the mirror and he says Helen's name five times, a la Candyman, a la Bloody Mary. And then she mm-hmm. comes and she murders the crap out of him with her hook for a hand. Um, murders. And that is... Candyman. And that is Candyman. I would also like to justify that murder in saying he was cheating on her with one of his students. What a satisfying ending. And so that was satisfying. So on on the most general note, did you like the movie? Either one of you? I I do. I do like this movie. Again, like there's definitely some problematic elements to this movie, but like it has the, it's not like the, I feel like it's not like the most in your face slasher film because like there's a lot of, of underlying like meaning that is, that's trying to come about. I also like, you'll hook me with anything with an urban legend. They'll hook you with anything. Yeah. (laughs) Actual. Yeah. Like I love, I love urban legends. I love that. That's kind of like what is fueling the story, but there's like so many problematic things where I'm watching this movie. I'm just like, Oh, Helen, like I can't, I'm, I have a real problem with the white savior trope. Like that is, it's awful. And like, there's so many (laughs) things that Helen is doing and I'm just like, Oh my God, what, what is wrong with you? Like all, it's just like so wildly inappropriate and like cringy that, that I don't like, but like, it's such an interesting look on like how, Housing and like social class and and like mm-hmm. that like I, I I really like that the story like does focus on that not just on like her being this white savior I also really like like with the urban legend piece just what needs to happen in order for his like spirit to be alive and and like people to believe right. in him and like fuel that um it's like it's so interesting yeah exactly it is the same exact yeah. thing but like there's something so different about this movie in comparison to like a classic like Nightmare on Elm Street like that kind of slasher vibe versus 
versus this, like next to each other, it it just feels like such a different movie because there's, again, like, I feel like there's so much more that needs to be unpacked in Candyman versus, versus Freddy Krueger or, or Jason Voorhees, um, like those types of slashers. But yeah, I do, I do like this movie. Um, What about you? Yeah, no, I enjoyed it even more the second time around. uh, And I think it has a lot of components that make a great horror film. And I wrote some of them down. So simple exposition and rules. Like, I just love, I, you know what's happening. You know what's going on, why he's here, why he's doing the things that he's doing. Like, and it sets you up off off the bat. What were you going to say, Ryan? <laughs> okay. I agree and disagree with you at the same time. I do okay. not think the rules were clear. I do. Okay. I, 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 I think that, like, and and maybe this is based on the fact that like I had heard the Bloody Mary and Candyman like like things as a kid going to sleepaway camp. Um, yes. So I have like <laughs> so I've like sleepaway camp. Sleepaway, oh yeah. Um, but <laughs> yeah. like I definitely yeah. this is my second time watching it, and so I definitely mm-hmm. paid attention to the exposition scenes a lot more this time. I feel like that's what yeah. you do in second viewings, so at least of horror movies. When she called upon him the first time, she didn't believe, and she thought it was a joke. So like. Like, I don't understand, like, does he, like, when he comes back, like, does he live in that decrepit apartment in the back? Like, is he a real person now? Is he not a real person? Like, when she calls him in the room with the, um, when she's, when she's, uh, um, when she's being held in the like insane asylum or wherever they called it. Yeah. Like, and mm-hmm. the guy appears like, is that him coming like a hundred percent to life because now she believes in him and we're tying into the, the urban legend aspect of things. Like if you believe in something, it's true. I, I was confused as to like when he's real, when he's not, when she's murdering people, when he's murdering people, I don't, that rules mm. wise, that was a little unclear to me, but also I may just be a little, I may have been just a little slow while watching it this time, but like, no. like I just like, wasn't picking up on those things. If I would love your help. Those are all great things that I didn't even think about because I think of Candyman as supernatural all the way through. He can get to whoever he wants to get to whenever he wants to get to him. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter. I think the, the rule is that you just, as long as you call on him, he's there to do whatever he needs to do. But I think when she first called him because she didn't believe in him. And I was also thinking to myself, like, why is he attacking like her specifically? But then in the end he was like, well, Helen, it was you all along. And she's like in the little picture that looks like she might've been a descendant of his lover. Maybe he always was kind of like attached to her or knew her and wanted her to believe in him because she was kind of like a descendant of that okay. era. I so, don't know. So, okay. No, sorry. I know this is not where we want to go. No. With this, and we want to talk about Caprini Green and like how, how beautiful <laughs> Tony Todd is. And, and we have, and I appreciate that, <laughs> but like, I really like this movie. I, I, it's super weird. The score by Philip Glass is super weird. The, the, beautiful. The, yeah. Like, it, but like it's, su- everything about it is super weird because it's not usually a slasher. Like you both said, let's say she's a descendant. Let doesn't matter if she's even a descendant. Let's say she looks like her. It doesn't matter. She's just a yeah. blonde white woman. Like, let's just, let's just go for that like what did that actually have to do with it because at the beginning when those two like wild teenagers um call uh call the candy man he just kills Mm -hmm. them like it's not a big deal again she is blonde so like do you have to be blonde to call them i don't know but like they kill them but so like Ah. like 
like so she's making them kill people like to make her feel like an outsider so that she can join him again like like i don't think i totally understood that thematic element so like like and and the rules behind that like is it just a pure coincidence that she called him like are we supposed to just because supernaturally that's exactly what she would be doing her thesis on because like she's drawn to it because she's drawn to the candy man because she's a descendant of the candy man's um maybe i just need a little bit more explanation behind that if you're gonna go all in on the fact that she's a descendant or looks like his paintings or whatnot like i need a yeah. little bit more because it felt very separate from what they were trying to do with everything else and that's what I'll say about it. But I really liked it. So. <laughs> no, fair. And I and to take the descendant part aside, I also was like, well, he's killing all these people off the bat, but he's not killing her. But I think it might have been because everyone who does call on him, even though they're like, oh, ha, 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 this is a joke, they still kind of believe. But he was like attacking her because he was like, you people, because you're not believing in me, like my followers are not gonna, or, you know, it's just, it's the same thing with like Freddy Krueger. Like when people stopped believing in him, he stopped being able to get into the town. And I think maybe because she had that disbelief and her thesis was trying to say like, this is just a folklore and going to put out into the public, like you should not be believing this. Maybe that's why he kind of like kept her and wanted to bring her into the fold so that he can kind of like cut off her sharing to the world, like why you shouldn't believe this thing. Does that make sense? Kind of, maybe not. (laughs) More, more than before. A lot of what you said is also what Jamie kind of said to me while we were watching it. Um, So now I just feel like uh, an idiot, but like, cause also now that you say this, I'm also Mm -hmm. thinking that the beginning sequence like the 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 biker, what Sam Raimi's brother yes. and uh, and the the blonde <laughs> woman, like that also is um, just the interpretation of what all those students were saying. So that that's just like yeah. I could also take it that way. Um, yeah, yeah. That this does. But help. I don't think. Yeah, but I don't. I don't think he's ever like an actual real person, like living in the walls of. Caprini Green, like, but why then? Like, she finds him there, I guess. Like, and he, she's like, well, that's where his ashes were scattered, right? Like, where his his pyre was. It's more symbolic, I think. But yeah, but he goes and attacks in other places. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Okay, (laughs) and she's having the visions because he's giving her the visions, or the visions just for the audience. Well, that's a good question. Like hmm. the when she's like seeing the when we see the close up of her eyes like flashing in and out. Yeah, and then like she sees like where the baby is and stuff like mm. that. She's where Doctor Manhattan is. I think, <laughs> I think he was kind of sharing that with her because the point of him taking the baby was because he knew that she would sacrifice herself to save the baby. Like it was just another way for him to lure her into his fold. Like. It wasn't really about the child, but he knew that she would try to save him. And she like right, related to the fact the that he got her pregnant in a former life. If we're going with that, the path, if we're going there too, then add it in. But, okay. uh, 
I, no, yeah. I mean, it's, I'm still super skeptical about how. So we talk fair. about this all the time, like intent versus execution. I believe yes. that that was the complete and utter intent of what they were trying to do in execution. I'm, I, I question it. However, mm-hmm. um, still, still a good movie. Still, still very good. And I think what also makes it good is like playing into the familiar. Like we all have been saying, like we've heard these these tales before like bloody mary was a thing and you know line is a feather stiff as a board was the thing and so have you done uh, bloody mary i have not i've been at slumber parties shout out to the slumber parties where <laughs> people would try but mm. they would never actually do it but we definitely also did line is a feather stiff as a board because that the craft one is oh my god the craft a is one. an excellent excellent movie um yeah we also did that at, at slumber parties <laughs> And no, it's great. And I also so am a sucker for a creepy kid that's warning you to not do shit and you still do it. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, going back Which to this candy. movie have as well. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. So uh, going and Jamie, going into what you brought up, because I'm glad you brought this up of the savior complex, mm-hmm. because the way that I was yelling at my screen when <laughs> they first get to Caprini Green and um, they have Vanessa Williams' uh, character, Anne-Marie. Mm-hmm. Anne-Marie. And how Helen just walks up in her house. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, it's she did so not cringy. invite you. No. <laughs> and, the, and her friend, Bernadette, is literally, like, not saying a word, not touching anything. Helen's touching all the stuff, getting oh, towels yeah. from everywhere. Yeah. And she's mm-hmm. like sitting down on the couch like Mm -hmm. and Bernadette is literally like just seeing the difference of like Bernadette just standing there like not saying anything Mm -hmm. not touching anything and Helen is just like all over the place Mm -hmm. and I'm like you walked into this lady's you had the audacity and you thought it was okay Mm -hmm. to just like and it's a similar parody to when people want to touch natural hair on on black people I feel it's the same the same comes from the same family yeah and it, but it was like more aggressive than just like a microaggression it was like it was like a it was an aggressive like you just like walked into a stranger's home you walked into and oh and I was so upset like how are you gonna play that little boy and tell him <sighs> unless you're too scared to tell me where Candyman is child that's a child oh my god he, but he's, he's also the MVP of the film especially that last look at the very end of the pyre, <laughs> yes. like he's my MVP. If if and when he throws the fire, he isn't he the one that throws it into the bonfire? Because he's like Candyman's he? in there, and then like they throw it in. I know he's te- I know he's the one that's telling everybody like y'all got to get on this this one burn yeah him, like now. Mm-hmm. But I was I was just like, also, woman, what are these tactics that you're using to try to oh get my with God. The thing that kind of like took me out, and it was a '90s thing was the camera that she did have and when the film went out and you know how it rewinds back to the beginning because the film is gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I remember uh, those. <laughs> I remember when that that was a thing. Mm-hmm. Well, now she's in the she's in Caprini Green. So with everything that was happening with the walls and the mirrors, Jamie, do you want to discuss the parallel oh my God. TikTok? Oh, man. Video? It was wild. So someone sent it to me, which kind of feels on on brand of like, a friend of a friend found this thing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so someone sent it to me on Instagram and it's this like four-part TikTok of this woman who 
there's like air blowing in her bathroom and she doesn't know where it's coming from. And she realizes it's actually blowing out from behind her medicine cabinet and she pulls it mm-hmm. out. And there is literally just like Candyman, a full on empty apartment, like on the other side of the medicine cabinet. Crazy. She is, she is crazy. I mean, like, so sorry if she ever listens to this episode, but she very bravely goes through the the hole in the wall into the other I like oh man after seeing this movie and then like watching real life Candyman things happening I I am like (laughs) shrieking watching this TikTok uh, like I can't believe that she like had the balls to go in there because that's just like insane like you don't know what's on the other side um but yeah and like goes in there and there's just like a full-blown empty apartment on the other side a la Candyman um very unsettling um like would you if you were in that situation no there is nothing (laughs) nothing if I I would stop at the oh there's air blowing through my medicine cabinet like I'm gonna cock that like myself like that's as far as I go there's not like there's nothing that would compel me to pull the medicine cabinet out from my wall. But like, let's say that I was, you know, feeling really brazen in that moment and did like, there's <laughs> literally nothing that would get me to go through that unless the Candyman was already on my side of the apartment, pushing me through, like nothing would get me on the other side of that hole. Absolutely not. Like, but I, and I say that now, but I can be adventurous in uh, moments of drunken escapades. <laughs> and if I had the opportunity, I would definitely have other people with me. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not mm-hmm. going in there by myself. No. Like that's, that's a negative. At that point I'm calling my landlord and I'm saying, I need half off my rent for the rest of my life. Like yeah. what is Or happening? break down this bathroom wall and like, give me a mega apartment. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, we all know New York apartments anyway. They like, you mm-hmm. know, it's an apartment of an apartment of an apartment of an apartment. Mm-hmm. But that was that was crazy. But on the human behavior thing, since we're talking about what we would and would not do in this movie, there were multiple times where she was hypnotized by Candyman and she wakes up and somebody's dead. And we don't, we don't see, you know, if it was him that killed him or if it was Mm -hmm. her, but how everything looks, it's set up that she is the killer and that she did those things in the moment where she got put in the psychiatric ward. Mm Mm-hmm. And she calls on Candyman and he kills the doctor in front of her. And at this moment, she is strapped to a chair and then he does unstrap her. But after he kills the doctor, she like goes and flees. Okay. For me, my reaction to all of that, to prove my innocence would be to keep my ass in that chair, wait for people to come to me, tell them to roll the cameras Mm. and say, look, I didn't do this. Look on this camera. I was tied up and this man just died. You, we need to have another conversation about <laughs> if I killed these people or not. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I understand the fight or flight of like, let me just get the hell out of here. Mm-hmm. But if you're trying to prove your innocence in a situation where it definitely looks like you are the killer, if there were cameras in there, I would, I would not have moved. I don't know. What, what would you do? <laughs> I also, I mean, I, maybe my memory is terrible, which it is, but I don't remember like that interaction being 
recorded. I remember like the TVs that he was showing her where the Candyman wasn't actually in her room or like we can't pick him up on, you know, that, that broadcast. But I don't remember that like their sessions were being recorded. Is that what was happening? I don't think their sessions were recorded, but they're in a hospital and there's cameras in every room. Are there Mm. not? (laughs) So Um, like pull up the camera in the room. Yeah. That's a good point. Because I I guess I I don't really know. I mean, I, so like, I've never, actually, that's not true. So I interned at the behavioral health hospital um, Mm -hmm. in my second year of grad school. And I'm trying to remember, like, if there were cameras places, like part of the hospital did have like an inpatient psychiatric unit um, for people Mm -hmm. who were like, in crisis and like immediate risk to themselves or others. Um, and like, those are short-term stays, which is not what Hel- Helen was there for like a month. Um, and like, right. didn't even know. Cause they gave her some like heavy duty psychiatric meds. Um, like, is for, that legal side note? Is that legal? I mean, like it's Without her consent. It, it, I guess it depends on like what her treatment plan is. Like Thorazine is an antipsychotic medication. So like that's for, um, some of the like diagnoses that feature like psychosis. So like when you see things that aren't really there, hear things that aren't really there, which is like kind of what they're saying is going on with her when they show her the tapes and like play back what she thinks is happening. Um, But it's also, it also like can kind of be like a very heavy, heavy sedative um, and like really like kind of hampens down people a lot. So like, it's understandable if that is like the normal course of treatment, but it's pretty wild that like, that, that would cause her to like lose time. I, I also wonder if like the time loss is more attributed to like more Candyman magic because of like his hypno, Mm -hmm. his hypnotic type effect on her. She is like losing time because of him. So like, I kind of am blaming the Candyman for that one. But in so terms of your you, tape uh, question, I think like yeah, the, yeah. that would be what I would love to happen is just like, like, please roll this back um, if there are like <laughs> cameras in all the spaces. But I can't, I don't actually know. I feel like that's like such a trope in movies that feature like specific mental illnesses and things like that. They're always like recording people. Um, it made me mm-hmm. think of like the ring. That was like the first thought that I had where they record yeah. um, the little girl um, and they're like, why are you doing this? And she's like, I like to hurt people or whatever she yes. says. I forget. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, that's like a very tropey thing. Okay. Well, fair. I'll, I'll take that because <laughs> all of my knowledge is from movies and not actually being in hospitals to be like, they're recording everything that you do. But I, I have another uh, mental health question, if you don't mind. How, how do you try or how would you try to reconcile yourself for doing something awful or bad when you weren't in your right mind? Like, i.e. if somebody is like schizophrenic or whatever. And how do you begin to try to like pick up the pieces when you know that you weren't in your right mind, but you still did something like horrific. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, mean, yeah. You know, because like we were talking about earlier, like, is it really her that's doing these things or is it the candy man? I'm inclined to believe it's the candy man because I feel like it's kind of this big setup of like, he is trying like, because of what happened to him and what the circumstances that created him, he is essentially like, exacting the same exact 
the same type of scenario on her where like nobody is willing to help her or sympathize with her because like, because she's doing these terrible things and like, yeah. you know, because of the, the time period that he, if they never give him a name, I realize they just call him like Candyman. Candyman was the son of oh, a slave. Right. Candyman was, uh, became a painter. Yeah. I'm like, what? that was weird. I mean, I guess it's like in line again with what the movie is doing of like, you know, talking about him in this way, like keeps him alive and whatever. But, um, yes. and that made me totally like lose track of what the question was that I was answering. No, it's all good. Um, oh, about like the, yeah. psych- the psychosis and his like how is, to reconcile yeah. that. His name is Daniel Robitaille. Um, but I don't think they okay. say it in this movie. I think you're right. But it is listed on like the cast list as Tony Todd as Daniel Robitaille slash Candyman. Interesting. Maybe they, maybe they it say in, it in the it, sequel or something. And they, uh, right. That's what I was going to say in the other ones. And then like go yeah. like backtrack. Kind before, of before you keep going, has anyone here seen any of the sequels? No. I did not know there were sequels until yeah, I, I was either. looking up the information on this. Yeah, yeah. No. I don't think I want to see it. <laughs> I don't know if that's, I mean, is, is Virginia Madsen in any of them? My guess is no, actually, I, I think Tony Todd that. is in them. And then that kind of he would is. make me want to see it. Yeah. I would, I would watch it. I, I want to like, I want to continue to support him in in this role, in this iconic role. Candyman farewell to the flesh and Candyman day of the dead. And then the new one that's coming out later this year. Day of the dead is it? <laughs> What? <laughs> so, Candyman, yeah. I'm looking at up now. I don't know. Candyman, Farewell to the Flesh was a 95, directed by Bill Condon. And um, yeah, Tony Todd is in it. And um, I don't think Virginia Madsen or any is in that one. And then uh, Day of the Dead was 1999. And Tony Todd is in it. It was directed by Turi Meyer. And yeah, it does. It seems like he's the only one. I'm not going to read these plots, but like, yeah, there are two out more. Yeah, hmm. fascinating. But yes, back to your actual question. Um, yeah, I mean, like, it's so hard. You know, I can't speak to like the the lived experience of of psychosis, right. but like, I think like the idea that your reality is not really what you think it is like sounds very horrifying and like really scary and and like at what point you know are you I guess it depends because like I feel like it's kind of like on a spectrum of how how severe that can be and so like are there do you have enough insight to know like what what you know is you and what you know is like something that's not really present, but that, you know, like if you know, you hear voices because like some people, some mm-hmm. people who, who have schizophrenia, like have that insight and they know what they're hearing isn't, isn't like their inner monologue, but rather yes. like something else, but they also know that it's not in our reality. And so I think it depends on like what degree of the spectrum of insight does somebody have if they don't have that insight, then like, I imagine that's also very scary for them because they think that like these things are happening that, that they don't have any control over. Um, so I think like, it really depends on like how, how aware they are that, that there's something that they're experiencing that they know other people aren't experiencing. And it's something that's like, that, that feels separate from, from them. Of course you're speaking outside of the experience. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> but based on like what I, what I've heard from, from yeah. people in the past and just like my understanding of like, you know, 
like what the experience would be to like, I mean, even, you know, this is like not an equivalent at all, but like the experience Mm -hmm. of like sleep paralysis, for example, which like I have had Mm -hmm. where you're waking up and it's kind of that like in-between state and you like see something that like looks like a figure and like, you know, that it's not real, but it feels very real in that moment. And it's very scary. And that's like, you know, your brain is, is, is kind of like not fully in the awake stages yet. And so like, it's kind of making you think or produce things that like aren't really real, real, but like it feels so real in that moment. And so like, like that type of fear where it's like, I like you're questioning reality, reality in that moment. And like, that is, that is a very like scary experience to, to like, not be entirely sure. Like, is this, is this real? Is this, is this, not real. Like what is, what is reality? Which makes the mind just so incredibly interesting because it's so powerful in a sense of where, like you said, you can be experiencing something that feels so real and it's not, or like even when you're in your dreams and it feels Mm -hmm. so real, but it's Mm -hmm. still just a dream. Like it's nothing that actually ever happened, Mm -hmm. you know, to you. Yeah. Um, Like when I wake up and I'm mad at Brian for doing something in my dream, even though I know that he (laughs) didn't really do that thing, but like, it's all his fault. Exactly. It's all Brian's fault. That's what it is. (laughs) (laughs) What, any other like favorite moments or things that I mean, was like, yeah, I, this is a great movie. <laughs> yeah. Like the first half of the movie, I feel like is harder to get through because it's really hard to like sympathize with Helen at all. Um, at least that's Absolutely. how, that's how I feel. Like she's just like, again, that like pushy, um, like she's obviously very ambitious, but like, I think that it comes across as more like arrogance and, and like, mm-hmm. even the way that she's like, you know, she's gathering data for this project and is kind of being all like snippy at all these other students that they're interviewing. And it's like, you're the one that like chose this topic. And like, it's, I I don't know, like, there's just something about like her personality that is gross. And then, um, (laughs) and then like, oh man, her, her husband is gross. I mean, like, yeah, he's just like the gross professor taking advantage of, taking advantage of her because like, presumably like, yes, that's how their relationship started. And then you see the flirtatious vibes happening elsewhere. So like, I really think, I really think that the movie like kicks off once Candyman appears in the, in the garage. And like, like obviously the, the, the horror of, um, the situations that she finds herself in is like really, um, progressing the plot and like is, is very scary and alarming. There's like a part of me that's like, maybe, maybe it is getting me to like empathize with her because like she may or may not have control over what's happening or like these things are happening to her to like intentionally make people no longer side with her and like push her out as an ad outcast as, what happened to Candyman? The closer that their stories parallel, the more interesting I feel like the movie gets. Oh, absolutely. I mean, because before she's just like an invasive, annoying. like annoying, invasive. perfect word. You know, and then it's it's when she gets beat up by the quote unquote physical Candyman. That's mm-hmm. just like someone who's. A, a part of the gang in Caprini Green, you're just mm-hmm. like, yeah, girl, that's what you get because you yeah. literally were, you know, like playing this little boy 
trying to get all this information and you got yourself in trouble. Also, mm-hmm. your black friend who was like, I don't even want to be in this neighborhood. So like, yeah. what do you think they're going to do when they see all of us here? Mm-hmm. And I think that it also, her only redeeming quality was when she stated, which a lot of the piece socio-economical of the piece was, was when she got beat up and they put the whole project on lockdown. And she was like, there are two people who got killed in this uh, mm-hmm. pro- in the projects and no police came, but a white woman gets like a black eye and the whole place is on shutdown. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, girl, that's true. I'm glad that you are recognizing. <laughs> Finally aware. Before then, it does not seem like it in the way that you just rolled up in there and thought that yeah. you were just going to get all the sweet information that you needed for your mm-hmm. thesis. But, if anything, uh, yeah. like her saying, like, they think they think we're cops, so, like, we're good to go, like, is even more enraging. Yes. Um, and, like, again, like, the the authority and, like, arrogance that she just, like, walks into this space that, like, is not her space and like she doesn't belong there and she's just like again like she's consuming and like taking things like by like thinking about the photos that she's taking like she's just consuming Mm -hmm. and like taking this culture and then like the culture is essentially like fighting back like that's like candy man's like coming for her and i'm i'm all for it and i really appreciate that he is like taking (laughs) this retribution Yes. Does casting her best friend as a black woman and casting the cop who is going through everything as a black man, based on what I've read, like that was clearly on purpose. But do you think that does any um, of the work to like make any of it feel a little bit better or more inclusive or allows them to not kind of have to go into other um uh, race issues or socioeconomic issues? That's a question that I go, I would go back and forth on because obviously the black friend is there so that she can get into the projects and it be a sense of it being okay because th- there's someone else there. Cause I think that the narrative might've been even different if it uh, were two white women that were, were going there. So I, appreciate the acknowledgement of that and I do appreciate the uh police officer being black because you don't ever get a sense of him taking sides it's like oh you're the victim let's find who did this to you when she got beat up but then when she is the murderer quote unquote he's like okay well you're the murderer now and you have you can't say anything you killed these people. I'm going to treat you like a killer. Mm-hmm. And so it, it kind of slaps levels, the table. <laughs> yeah. Slaps the table. And it's just like, I think that kind of levels the playing field for me because you know that he's not playing sides. He's mm-hmm. just trying to be a cop. And so you don't think of like, if the cop was white, like white people sticking together and like, you know, whatever. Sure, it was sure. just like, he's mm-hmm. doing his job. But I also hate the trope of the black best friend that gets killed, mm-hmm. you know, like, Sure. Yeah. But I understand it for what it was. I think it worked better that she all all that to say, I think it worked better that both of those characters were black people. <laughs> I enjoyed the 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 issue of Caprini Green having a the supernatural Candyman, but also having someone physically there as Candyman. So they're not mm-hmm. only dealing with supernatural 
someone supernatural that's killing them off, but also like the gangs that are killing them mm-hmm. off. And I thought that was just like a great representation of just like they're already in the projects and dealing with all of this stuff and like nobody is helping them. And it's not only like just the gangs, but it's also like whatever. And mm-hmm. I think it's just like a good parallel, especially with things that are happening now. It's just not surface anymore there's so many other deeper things that are happening and we're talking more about like microaggressions and all the stuff that's leading in the system of you know which Mm -hmm. is a whole other topic but Mm -hmm. I I just enjoyed the fact that it was kind of like they're dealing with the supernatural and physical they have to get through this and yeah that's it's very real but And I think it's interesting that like that the, I guess I'll call him the fake candy man is like taking on this Mm -hmm. persona because like, again, like if the idea is kind of like everyone living in fear of this, of this um, urban legend, like if you are assuming that like, that is also very scary as like the, the very real like figure that is, that is tormenting the, the people who live in this housing project and like, if if that's how people feel. And so, um, I think it's interesting that like him also just like taking, taking on this to like reinforce the fear of like speaking about it, that like people, Mm -hmm. people have a lot of things to be afraid of both. Like you said, like the supernatural, but also like the very real, the very physical, like haunting them essentially. Yeah. It reminds me a lot of, uh, Lovecraft's country Mm. or yeah. County country. Um, Mm -hmm. Because they were, were were living in Jim Crow laws, but mm-hmm. you also have all of these witches and supernatural things. So it's like, well, shit, can you catch a break? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's so mm-hmm. much mm-hmm. that's happening. But yeah, that's yeah, that's what it reminded me of. But it's it's a great thing. And then, so in essence, the first woman that was killed that uh, Anna Marie heard like screaming through the window yeah. was that the supernatural Candyman, or was <clears> it? The the fake one that was going through those walls and killing people. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you think? I don't know. Because again, it's like they discover the hole through the mirror. So like there is like a very yeah. real kind of like portal door dimension. Mm-hmm. Man, now I'm thinking about the the goat, the paranormal activity ghost dimension. Cause we watched that yesterday. Um, nice. but, but that is a ghost dimension. This was a very real dimension. Um, yes. <laughs> so like, you know, I don't, I actually don't really know what to think because like, it's clear Mm. that, um, you know, I think it, it makes it more convoluted when you like actually physically see the real, the, the, the ghosty supernatural candy man in that space. But like, it's also a space that she went to. It's clearly a space that other people have been inside of. There is like graffiti and, and like things in there that make you believe that like, it could be either or like when she discovers that the candy filled with the razor blades, like what, right, yes. what do we think? Like that's another urban legend that that's like right. not even touched on here. So like, right. what do we, what do you think like that's even coming from or like, what's the purpose of that? Exactly. Cause that prompted me to think like, is that where all the rumors started coming from of like when people go out for Halloween and you can't take everybody's candy because Mm -hmm. there might be like stuff in the candy. I was like, was that after this like movie came out or was that something that has always been a thing? And then they brought it into the movie for some reason. Like, yeah. I don't know. I know the urban legend. I don't, what is the urban? The only thing I heard was people saying, don't take everybody's candy. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh no. Like there's like this urban legend, like uh, on Halloween, like I don't think it's like a specific thing where like in the town of blah, 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 like this happened. It's yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. it's, it's like the urban legend where it's like, Oh, like be careful when you go trick or treating because like sometimes like there's people out there that'll put razor blades in candy, like, like that kind of thing. Or like, Oh man, I love different kinds of urban legends. Like, like the yes. one <laughs> with the, the scraping on the car door one do you know that one please tell me it's the one where it's like a couple and they're like you know parked somewhere like making out and they like hear a scrapey sound and then um the guy's like I'm gonna go like investigate or whatever and then um then the the other person's like by themselves and then they hear the scrapes and then um they like they get freaked out they like see something they get freaked out and they go and they drive the car and then I think um or maybe I'm confusing all my horror things, but, and then, um, there's like something else <laughs> happening, but essentially it's like the guy, like the guy that she was hooking up with, it was like, is like yeah. hanging on the roof of her car. And she hears like what she hears is his feet because she, there's like <gasps> some, it's like a thing. Yeah. I don't, I'm there's like, all, Oh man, I love urban legends. They're so spooky and, that, and keep me up at night. <laughs> but also you like never leave someone alone. The minute you say, I'm going to go check out the sound or I'll be right back. Like, yeah, don't do that's that. rule number. I'll seven. be right back like, is your you, death sentence. Scream taught me it, that. Exactly. <laughs> do, don't do it. You go in groups. Okay. Always, <laughs> always go in groups. If you don't learn mm-hmm. anything else <laughs> from this podcast, uh, mm-hmm. side note, favorite, favorite kill or by favorite, I mean, cringiest kill. For the both of you, question for the both of you. I'm I'm gonna go with um, the guy at the desk um, mm, for two okay. reasons. For two reasons, one, it happened so suddenly. Like I I, yeah. I expected there to be more of a buildup, but like she says his name and like he was immediately killed. Like there was no time to like catch your breath. Right. Um, and yes. then I mean the really the be- I'll let Jamie say this, but the real best part <laughs> of that kill is a uh, is. Is Candyman's exit? Oh, <laughs> oh! When he flies out the window, like <gasps> backwards, it's hysterical. I, I mean, <laughs> even, even as like you know, shocking or scary as the scene is when he comes in to kill the psychiatrist, I can't yes. not laugh at him flying backwards out the window. It's so funny every time it's hilarious I, I, I like don't you I think I was just like oh yeah that's spooky but then I just like cackling laughing when he's like whoop like like Batman literally because it's like you just <laughs> lost about five cool points like exiting that way like who <laughs> thought that that was okay you got I mean he was like fleek down cool everything and then that exiting you're like okay well mm-hmm. there's that <laughs> mm-hmm. um yeah but do you agree about the kill is that your favorite one or you have another one I do. I just really like the ending because okay. it's very satisfying. And, and then also like Helen does like the weird moans too. Like, like she gets like really into it. So I think that's just like a very satisfying ending. What about you? Yeah. The dog took me out. <laughs> like seeing, seeing that head and it was just a ridiculous amount of blood, you know, yeah. like it looked like, two humans died like yeah it was it was a lot but and then the fact that Anna Marie was very bold to go after Helen when Helen had that meat cleaver in her hand oh my god when they when she found him and it's just like girl if you think that this person just killed your dog and you're gonna go after her with nothing 
in your hand and she has a meat cleaver in her hand. Yeah. Like, that's not she also smart. ripped out her hair. Not a smart did movie. you, did you notice that? Yes, I did. That really upset me. I, <laughs> I can't, but I'm so happy to uh, see her back in mm-hmm. the new movie. Mm-hmm. Being like, you guys learn from my mistakes. Don't, don't, we don't say those words. We shh. Speaking mm-hmm. of the end, um, the, all the special effects work, at least when it came to like her eye and the burns were outstanding. Yes. Mm-hmm. Her eye makeup for, oh, was gorgeous. But also that whole entire B, like we talked about it before, that whole scene was absolutely incredible. I do not know. Even if there were no stingers on the bees, I don't want an insect crawling in my mouth. Mm-mm. That's Okay. Mm-mm. Yeah, that be like they're they're too small and in the nose, in the ears. Like, I'm good. You yeah, that, all, that. all the bee stuff is like a lot, and it's awesome, but it's a lot. It's also like it's also one of the things that has nothing to do with anything else, but like it's just a cool element. Exactly. I mean, I know that they 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 I know Stung they him killed the him with bees, bees and like yeah. yeah, I get that, but like that's just like a fun little thing that they were just like, how about bees? Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, bees, great. Just everywhere, all over Chicago. Yeah, mm-hmm. I do. Oh, having watched it the second time, though the the like the prologue, if you will, was definitely more mm-hmm. effective um, because one, you kind of know what he was about, but two, um, the idea that like his bees and his urban not his not only the bees, but his urban legend still lives without Chicago, but also like the way he died and just like the racism and the classism that happens yes. is still mm-hmm. like prevalent in the city itself so i mm-hmm. really thought that was yeah. a very good prologue especially like when on on, on a multi-watch view mm-hmm. and it's just so crazy too because on that subject for him to be a wealthy black man that just so happened to die where this these projects were built but he's still terrorizing black people and it's just kind of like i know your ashes are here and so like your essence is mm-hmm. here and it just so happens to be that this is where black people live, but like you're killing, you're killing your own, your own people. Yeah. I don't understand that. There was something also just about him, like taking pleasure in, in the kills that also it's like, I, I don't know if that like necessarily tracks with like whoever his persona was like before he was murdered. Like, because like I yeah. feel like that is kind of like I understand the piece about I mean I guess I understand the piece about how he has to like <laughs> murder murder the innocent to like be like be alive kind of essentially yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah but then it's like yeah why are you targeting like poor black people as as your like right. target audience I, I guess like uh, the other random people who like say his name in the mirror urban legend like but if that's if that's actually happening or unless like what you said before like maybe it is the the fake um candy man who has like taken on that persona mm. that's actually the one like killing people um and yeah. and the the real candy man is just doing it for the people who are like saying his name in the mirror which might just be like the dumb white people in the movie listen because i was about to say you didn't see not nearly no. a black person no say his name no in the mirror <laughs> so that's a that's a good yeah that's a good point um but the greatest line to me in that movie was i think it was in the prologue which kind of sets it up too with like the creepy choir music that's happening um mm-hmm. when Candyman is like what is blood if not for shedding mm. and just like 
Mm-hmm. Wow, that's a great so that's a great setup Real for what is about yeah. to happen. <laughs> yeah, and there's when plenty he, of blood in this movie. Yeah, like you mentioned, like when they kill the guy at the end, like Jamie's favorite kill, like the bathroom <laughs> is covered in blood. Like that doesn't make sense, <laughs> and it's a sense, it's so neat too. <laughs> <laughs> Neatly placed splotches of blood. Mm-hmm. What did you think of the music in this? Because like I again, like comparing it to some of these other like more traditional slasher films, like it really stood out to me, and I found it to be like way more unsettling compared to the more like ambiance movie. Uh, music that I would say like um, Halloween or Friday the 13th have. Yeah, there's definitely something about a choir and an organ that just like sets the intention for you just to be unsettled. And I, I wrote that in my notes of like this choir and organ combination and the kind of chords that they're playing that are more like dissonant chords that mm-hmm. aren't, you know, the happy chords, they're the, the quote unquote sad chords, you know, and the ones where the notes don't mesh together. So things are out of place and out of line mm-hmm. that um, get you just like really unsettled. But I, I loved it. And I thought that it was placed in the right spots, you know, like right at the beginning and some of the moments when Candyman first appears, you hear mm-hmm. like the, the choir and the organ in the, in the background. And uh, you said it was Philip Glass? Brian, who did yeah, Philip Glass scored that scored this movie. Um, who you may or may not know, he's a very famous and successful yes. contemporary opera. I mean, I didn't mean you; I meant the listeners. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, no, um, but uh, contemporary <laughs> opera um, uh, writers. Um, if if not one of the most successful, if not the most successful, like contemporary um, opera, and he says. <laughs> yes. um, to qu- quote, it has become a classic, so I still make money from that score. Get checks every year. <laughs> Listen, and he deserves every single penny for mm-hmm. that because all those, the dissonance in the chords and it, it's just gorgeous. And mm-hmm. it's un, it's very unsettling and I, I loved it. I, and it yeah. was placed very well. It's not overwhelming either. It just adds yeah. the right amount of background for Tony Todd's beautiful uh, bass voice. <laughs> mm-hmm. It just fits right into, into the fold. So, yep. but no, I, I thought it definitely does uh, stand out as opposed to, like you said, the other slasher movies where there are key motifs, quote unquote, if you will, mm-hmm. um, you know, we get that. If we can put that sound effect in there, Brian, you know, which one I'm talking about with like the, the knife. <laughs> so like, um, but then you have the for the like other you know more contemporary yeah. uh, horror movies. Yeah. But I think those slasher movies rely more on those motifs and those little pockets of of music <clears throat> to create a theme for a character. Where this one um, just gave you those uh, unsettling choir and organ noises that kind of encompass the whole. The whole movie. It wasn't just when Candyman came out; those sounds right. came out. So I think mm-hmm. that's kind of what separated and blended it together really well. Mm-hmm. I yeah, but. music in horror movies is so interesting because like there's definitely yes. like the tone that you want to set or like the tension building and like the old school ones like in moments where you're like anticipating something about to pop out like a jump scare kind of thing you do get the like right but like now now it's like that really tense silence like they're playing with with sound in a very interesting way that like really i 
I feel like builds a lot more tension and fear and anxiety in the, in the viewer. But I felt Mm -hmm. like there were those moments here and there too, in this movie where like, they're not playing the, the theme that are these tense moments. And then these other moments were like, you know, doing more of the exposition and stuff where they are playing it. And it's just, I, I, it's really interesting the way that they do it in this particular movie. It's like the Mm -hmm. music ends and and you get that release of the kill and all that stuff and you're like okay that happened we made it through all right let's keep going (laughs) what else is gonna happen Mm -hmm. let's get ready yeah Uh, let's climb into the medicine cabinet and go and go because that's the natural (laughs) choice that's the natural (laughs) order of events to do that should we should we do rotten tomatoes yes since i finally didn't look this time All right. <laughs> what are your What are your guesses, Nikisha? You go first. I'm gonna say 92. Mm, okay. Like it's probably really low. I'm gonna say 73. Yeah. Okay. On really Rot- on Rotten Tomatoes, it has a it has a 75 percent. Oh, I'm getting closer. Yeah. Yeah. 75 yeah. percent, and it's though it ultimately sacrifices some mystery in the name of gory thrills. Candyman is a nuanced, effectively chilling tale that benefits from an interesting premise and some fine performances. Yeah, absolutely. Especially for the time that it came out in. Totally. Which is why I would have scored it maybe a tad bit higher, but... Yeah. Should we do... Uh, the S's? Our, uh, four, the four S's? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's a hard sound to make, especially when you have a lisp. You don't have a lisp. It's a tiny one, like a tiny... <laughs> Oh my gosh! Well, I I, I couldn't tell. <laughs> in the in the two months I've known you, <laughs> fair fair. Skull, scare, shakes, and suggestions. The talking horns for S's. <laughs> uh, okay. okay, Brian, are you gonna are you gonna explain it? Please yeah, tell so- us what are these S's. So the four S's, these S's for us. Yeah, I'll mansplain the four S's for you. Skulls, scares, shakes, and suggestions. Skulls is kind of how well it deals with human behavior and mental illness, um, uh, mental health uh, as well. Um, scares is how much like how much a jump scared you. Uh, how scary was it? Shakes is how much can you like shake it off? Is it staying with you? Um, and then uh, suggestions are other movies that you could watch uh, for whatever reason. Um, and again, all of these individuals are we rank them from. One to ten, all the S's. Um, yes. Who wants to go first for skulls? Jamie. <laughs> mm. I'm gonna go. That's a, this is hard. A five, a four. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like thinking very heavily on the on the scene where she's hospitalized, and like for one, yeah. that orderly like also drove me crazy. He was such a dick. <laughs> Um, Absolutely. He was awful. And hopefully uh, people who work in hospitals are, are not terrible people. So I'm not like that. that. You're right. Yeah. Um, or the psychiatrist. Yeah, I'm going to give it a four. <laughs> it, it was, yeah, it was I, like rubbed me wrong way. Yeah. No, I agree with that. I gave it a five for those reasons. It was, <laughs> and also it just seemed a little over the top. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give it a, I'll give it a four as well. For all those reasons. I gave Scares a two because there was nothing that like when I saw it, I was like, oh, my God, like jumping out of my seat. Even though I've seen it before, there's still some movies where like kills happen and it still Mm. gets me. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but this one, it was just, and I, I think mostly because you don't ever really see the murder happen. You just mm-hmm. see the aftermath of it. And that's supposed to be the shock, but that's not shocking to me. I need to see like when the doctor died, when the psychiatrist died, like yeah. in the body mm-hmm. and then the fly away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would actually give it a four. And I think that's because I have never been stung by a bee. And so like the the bees really freak me out. And that bee scene is like pretty, pretty horrific. The fact that like the bees are in his mouth, he goes to kiss her with the bees. Um, That's real. The, like the rib cage with the bees. Like it's so, it, it, it really, it really freaked that part, like freaked me out more than the actual murders. And then, um, and like scared, like actually scared me. Um, and then I think I, I would say like maybe the end is like a little jump scary or even the part in the beginning when mm-hmm. the random girl who's hooking up with Ted Raimi does it, the, the candy man in the mirror. And he like appears where the bathrobe is like, you know, spook me a little bit, but yeah, not, not a ton. Uh, I'm also going with the two. Uh, this, uh, wh- while I enjoy it, 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 this is not like a scary, like jump scary movie for me. Unlike the paranormal right. activity movies that get me, like no, nothing else. It's just scare after scare after scare, <laughs> like ninety minutes of it. For shakes, I gave it a three. I mean, it's a great story and everything, but there's like nothing that lives in my subconscious that I don't want to live in my subconscious, like dog tooth (laughs) i need that to go away and to never think about that ever again um so yeah i would give it i would give it a three because that that dead dog scene really was like what no that's a puppy Mm -hmm. yeah i think i'd also give it a three yeah i really it makes me really sad when they show dead animals and and things Mm -hmm. um other than, I guess, like the underlying fear of like, would I ever do Bloody Mary? And like, I have access to all these yes. mirrors and maybe I could do it, but like, I never will because it's too <laughs> scary. Um, that's the only thing that I would be able to shake off. Um, I'll give it a four. Same reasons as you all, but I'll just give it one more because I just feel like uh, I'll definitely remember it in terms of what it was trying to do. And like, especially, I'll actually remember mm-hmm. it more from the second viewing and talking through like, a little bit more of what it's actually trying to do it will definitely stick with me more than the first viewing, like one, one and done type of thing. Do you want to give your suggestions, Brian? So mine's a little weird and outside the box, but the new Candyman movie is being directed by Nia DaCosta. Um, she's also going to be directing the new, the Captain Marvel sequel. So, um, and I've never seen any of her work before. So she has a movie that's on Hulu right now when we're recording this. I don't know if it's going to last there, um, but it's called um, uh, it's called Little Woods. Um, it stars Tessa Thompson and Lily James. Um, I love Tessa and, um, I've heard her on podcasts, um, Nia, um, but I don't really know her work and I'm really looking forward to the Candyman. So combination of this and kind of like seeing what her aesthetic is what she could do i i don't think it's a scary movie at all i think it's just a a drama um Mm. about um these two uh women um who find themselves falling into the illegal world of the cross border drug border drug trade um after their mother dies so like it seems more like thriller um esque um but i want to get her sense of style and what she's doing um so that i can kind of go into Candyman, kind of like 
enjoying it a little bit more with a little bit more context around um, the movie itself. What she uh, does, yeah. yeah. So that that's what I'm going with. I haven't watched it, so like I don't know if it's good or not. um, But I am interested in uh, what it is. Um, So I have two, um, and I feel like they were both probably alluded to or mentioned in some form or fashion. So. My first one is Get Out. Um, if if you're going on like race motifs, um, I mean, I feel like everybody has hopefully seen Get Out by now, but um, right. <laughs> just a really excellent horror movie that focuses very heavily on race. And, um, and it's just such an excellent, I mean, so much better than than how Candyman portrays it in like a very horrifying way, but like also very unsettling. And, and I think just like an even better version of, of what um, Candyman was trying to do very well executed than get out, but I won't talk about it because I don't want any spoilers in case there's like the one person that's never seen this movie. And then my second recommendation is urban legend. um, Because again, I love urban legends. um, And this movie is a, a great um, slasher film that's like all geared towards urban legends and like that's all the people get murdered. So great, yes. great, great film. But I have you? to watch that because I have not seen that. I have not seen. Oh movie. man, it's it's a it's a good one. Yes, excited. So if we're just talking like lead black man in a horror movie, I'm gonna say Night of Living Dead, even though I hate the ending of that and I won't spoil it, but the ending is terrible, but <laughs> the lead actor in that is phenomenal. It's from the 1960s. Uh, great movie. If you're talking about uh, not believing women <laughs> when they say they haven't done anything, then invisible man, but the new oh. one, um, because so good. that, what is it? Elizabeth Moss. Is that her name? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very cringeworthy, yelled at the TV a lot. Uh, and then the last one, just if you want like supernatural horror things, we talked about this, like the Nightmare on Elm Street of like the believing in someone and with it, the same thing. It's mm-hmm. like you had to like believe in some sense, you know, or you had with it, you had to have fear and you fed off of that. But, you know, just having a supernatural villain that fed off of the thoughts in your mind, basically nightmare on Elm street or, or it would be my suggestions. If you like murder with hooks, I know what you did last summer. (laughs) 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 Oh my gosh. They used to all be streaming on uh, Hulu. Mm. And I definitely watched the second one because Brandy is in that. Oh yeah, Brandy's in the second one. Nice watch. Yeah, that's I still know. To this, that's I I still still know. I still know Cinderella. (laughs) Yes, I know who you are, Cinderella, and I'm coming to get you. And it's Bernadette Peters, just like as the villain chasing after her. That this sounds wonderful. Wait, this is real. (laughs) This is really what it is. Oh my god! Actually, but you know what? Well, spoiler alert: uh, Brandy lives, I believe. I believe in the movie, which was surprising to me because she was the sidekick best friend. I thought she was going to die. I guess, I guess the only thing to say is it's possible. I hate you. Uh, (laughs) We can stop now. We can can stop now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, on that note, guys, (laughs) for for joining us, uh, you can find us on uh, Instagram and, wow, I was going to say Instagram and Hulu. (laughs) We're not on Hulu yet. (laughs) 
uh, Instagram and Twitter at TalkHorrorPod, P-O-D. Follow us for all the updates and give us suggestions on what you want us to watch and talk about or things that we might not have seen that we can uh, discuss on here. Mm-hmm. And any last thoughts, anyone? Oh, yeah, you can find <laughs> us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, rate and review us there. Five stars, please. And thank you. And thank you. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I guess we'll we'll end the note on bees. Question mark? Bees. Bees. I was gonna say, be my victim. Oh, I like that one too. Crossover. Bees. Bees. Be my victim. Bees. <laughs> Okay, guys, thanks. We're we're going in. Bye. Bye. <laughs>